0: I am a recovering procrastinator, that's for sure. Welcome to episode 31 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast with author of Procrastination Annihilation, Anthony Samaroff. Well, this is a really fun, really cool interview taken by Sherry Voluntary and Michael Clark. Find their new show at facebook.com forward slash Sherry Voluntary. They took some really obscure quotes from my book and asked me, what inspired me to include them and I loved the effect of that. It just came out very organically and there's some interesting concepts in here. If you're struggling with procrastination, great to keep on top of these interviews because it's not just about information. It's about having these ideas reinforced again and again and again to help inspire you and keep you moving forward, taking action.
1: Welcome to the show. We are joined today by Mr. Anthony Samaroff. Anthony is a life coach. He has the Surviving to Thriving program, which launched in 2017. And he also is a recovering procrastinator. <laughs> and uh, <Aren't> <laughs> that's uh, why we have the book today that he has written called Procrastination Annihilation A Happy Ending to a Human Tragedy. I just loved
0: that really? title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you liked it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And uh, yeah, the p- people can get the book. It's free. You just go to beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. And exactly as you say, I'm a recovering procrastinator. <laughs> And I tell the story of that in the introductory section. But the great thing is I'm very productive now. I put out two podcasts a week. I do Facebook live streams on self-help topics. I wrote a book. I'm almost finished another one. So clearly something has shifted. And in the book, I teach the genuine method and methods that I use to overcome procrastination. So I know that it works because it worked for me. So far, the feedback's great. People say things like, reading your book is like, You've read my mind. How do you know? And so <laughs> if anyone is struggling with that problem, definitely free book. I, I highly recommend.
1: I, I also know you do the Scottish Liberty podcast and uh, Be Yourself and Love It podcast. So those are two other things that you also have going on. A
0: busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I managed to put on a put on a libertarian podcast every week. Uh, with my co-host Tom Laird and uh, Be Yourself and Love It podcast that's uh I interview guests sometimes I do a solo show but that's all about personal development and getting more out of life cover everything from productivity motivation to relationships health mindset business All sorts of things, just to uplift people, to things that people can actually apply in day-to-day life. Because I guess I'm interested in human freedom. The libertarian thing is about our freedom to operate in the world and the personal development stuff is about our freedom inside, uh, freedom from our internal constraints. And uh, that's what the Be Yourself and Love It podcast is all about. So I'm all about freedom,
2: boundlessness. (laughs) That's good. That's a pretty interesting niche uh bridging
0: the libertarianism to the I don't,
2: is uh, self-help is that a appropriate term do you think yes.
0: i don't mind self-help i don't mind personal development people can call it a um, human enrichment human uh, potential anything call it anything you want i don't as long as long as it helps you then you can call it what you want you yeah. know I-
1: I was, uh, you know, doing research for your show, and I've I've heard you on other shows before. Um, oh, thanks. That I, I was looking at some of the topics that you've covered on Be Yourself and Love It, and uh, there's like everything, sexual empowerment, uh, mm. the psychology of self-promotion, the pain of knowing you could be more, which kind of uh, relates to our subject today, I think. Uh, some really great content you have there. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm trying to put out stuff that actually concerns people's real concerns, not being in a kind of vacuum and just putting it, but like stuff that, that will actually help people.
2: Right. So let me ask you about the nature of your, your work. Uh, there's obviously a lot of material out there on procrastination. So what's different about Mm. what you offer?
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I even have a section in the book about that. There's lots of tools and tricks and tips for supposedly helping you overcome procrastination, and they are of some value, but I've never found anything that is of profound value and the reason for that is they help you have a better managed problem so you can put on your timer for 25 minutes it's called the pomodoro technique and that might help you because you you agree to sit down for 25 minutes if you get into it you can sit down for longer Uh, but what if you can't you know or people try this one two three go and they one two three do it and there's all sorts of tips and tricks and videos and i've read a few books but i really felt The the main problem is you want to be a more conscientious person than you are. It's like if you decide that you start going to the gym and your goal is to be able to bench press your own weight, right, that's really hard for you just now because you've just started going to the gym. But once you can bench press more of that, it's relatively easy for you. So my book is really like, a method for taking yourself to the conscientiousness gym so that over a period, you your character changes and you become a more conscientious person so that what is of great difficulty for you just now becomes of less difficulty and less difficulty until it is in your power. And what's just slightly out of your comfort zone becomes easier for you and builds up your confidence so that you, in incremental steps can actually make a change to your character where you become more conscientious. And I think that is the unique selling point of my book, even though it's free. It takes about two hours to read so you can read it once, highlight the sections that you like, read it again, and keep on going to them time and time again while you still have the problem. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess this. what I can say is the other books and videos didn't help me enough. But I write this book to share what did help me. So it's tried and tested by me.
1: Right. Hmm. I think that's always... I remember a, a minister I had a long time ago uh, when I was surprised that something someone said that was really simple, um, mm. I remarked to her that, wow, you know, I, I I thought something so simple, I'm surprised it was so profound. Mm. And she said, anytime someone has applied something in their own life, it mm. will have more impact on the hearer than just people talking about things they, they know, but they haven't experienced. So I think that's a, a really, one of the things that made this book very powerful for me, because I... Mm. There were many sections in here, I, and I, I did exactly what so many people have said to you. I felt like you were talking just to me. Right. <laughs> um,
0: oh, I'm honored.
1: It was that uh, the style is, it's really enjoyable to read. It's very, um, it's not a, an academic tome or anything. Um, and it's, it's even funny, I, I thought, in yeah, many places. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's got a very personal style to it. It's, it's very easy to take in the information. And um, I just sort of imagine that we were having like a private coaching session a lot because it really did feel like I was you were talking to me. So <laughs> I even teared up in I am... one part.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I'd love to know which part.
1: Uh, it was it was the part where, let's see, I do have that. Mike has a question, and then I will I will find that and let you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind okay. of uh, a uh, a broader question. You'd said uh, this is page twenty three. You made the point that it's it seems like it's uh there's a lack of this self-empowerment information mm-hmm. in the world or if it is people are not accessing it um i don't know if you remember what i'm referring to uh yeah I've
0: read. yeah i've read the book like so many times now so well i've said it so i know what you're talking about <laughs> so
2: when i read that i was thinking you know when, when kids go to school or even college uh, it's really geared towards technical skills, uh, okay. but not towards life skills. Um, no. So that, that's a big problem. But then you know the, the modern family is so busy that you know the kids go to school in the day and mm. they come home at night and they have to do their homework. They have to have dinner, maybe do a little bit of playtime, spend some time with the family. Um, but there isn't a lot of time in the modern family to to teach these life lessons, and it feels like they're kind of slipping away from us. Mm. But do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yes, I I suppose I do. You have to sharpen the tool of your trade. There's a great story in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. A guy's watching walking down. Uh, Through the forest and he sees a guy sweating trying to saw down this tree. He's like, how long have you been Been here? He says, I've been here all morning. Well, why don't you sharpen your saw? It's like (laughs) uh, uh, Does it look like I have time to sharpen the saw? Of course if you sharpen the saw you can cut easily if you're involved in a family in order to have a peaceful relationship with your family you have to have good communication skills You don't have time not to learn them because the arguments and the things like that that will result of, uh, will be much more time, uh, will expend much more time because you don't have the, the skills. So you turn everything into a spiritual practice, you know, you're. Fam, you you learn these skills so you can model them, and your children live it. Your children live these kinds of conversations, mm. and that's how they learn it. It become or or you they see you doing exercise and taking care of yourself, so they do the same. You make a point of of having healthy meals, and and they see you doing the same. So what, it's it's you rather than think oh I have time, I have to find time to do this. You make it your practice you make it a focus of your life to do th- to bring your attention to what you're doing and um, do a little bit of research so you can do things more efficiently learn from other people's experience and try and apply what they've done as you you this is uh opportunity we have because we have you know this uh, amazing thing where you know, if you're a giraffe, you're just a giraffe. But if you're a human being, there's no top line. There's so much you can learn. Like, everything becomes a vehicle for your personal growth. And by enriching yourself, you you model that to the people around you. You learn things. You teach it to them. And they, they and hopefully they start doing the same thing. And so it becomes a way of life rather than, uh, um, you know, something that you need to simply allocate time to. Sure.
1: Yeah, lead by example, sort of, type of uh, idea. I, I I did. I found um, the excerpt because I, I put it in here where uh, I kind of got teared up. <laughs> it says uh, sure. you wrote, um, "There are huge swaths of people who feel very deeply that they are performing well sure. below their potential and hardly making use of their capabilities or capacities." They think mm. they, they weren't adequately prepared for life or to use their talents by their upbringing or education, and they feel miserable about it. I
2: highlighted that too. Yeah,
1: I, I really wow. I, I really felt like um, that's sort of been the story of my life for oh. <laughs> many years where I was, right. um, you know, I never really I'm, – I'm an intelligent person, mm-hmm. but I never really did well in school yeah. and – uh, I I just have always been motivated by what's fun right now, and uh, okay. it's, it's only been in like the past year yeah. when I turned forty uh, that I felt like sort of you know I came into myself a little and yeah. I, I wanted more and and different things. So um, yeah, that that was really uh, really it really resonated with me that. That feeling and and how terrible that feels that people are yeah. kind of caged by that
0: yeah thank you so much for sharing that and that's so deeply personal and you know m- m- such a large percentage of the people that come to me for personal coaching feel that way which is why you know I was bleeding out of my pen when I was writing that down <laughs> I was speaking about me and I was speaking about the people I've seen and You know, you say, oh, I was just focusing on what's fun right now. I think what you lacked was, like, mentorship, like people around that were doing these things. You go, oh, I can do that. Can you show me how to do that? That Mm -hmm. would inspire you and come down and pay you attention and put all of their attention on you and find out what you liked, what you could learn, what you were all about, and help to cultivate you. So I would say that I am, like, in my work, I am, like, the vitamin for attention deficiency which really really badly affects intelligent people and compassionate people and especially people who are both because they look they come into the world and they look around and they go right I know that what these people are, they're, why are people so mean to each other and also why does no why, why aren't people wise like why aren't people teaching me things and that's really really hard to do if you're you you know if you're particularly gifted and um, I mean I think every Everyone's gifted um, and can do better than we do with the right influences around. So it's like, I really feel you. I just want to circle back and say thank you so much for the feedback you gave me on my writing style and that you felt like it was talking to you and things like that. Because I've been writing a long time, but I've never managed to write something as simply and clearly as this book. This was a real milestone mm. for me. It took me 15 years to be able to write like I was having a conversation with you. Wow. And you. And that's exactly what you said. You felt like you were having a conversation with me. And like mm. I, stuff like the passage that you recited, no one else has quoted that one for me, so that's really touching. That section of the book and the previous section of the book, I spent days editing those, to get the writing to, to spread like butter. like That was the main challenge <laughs> to me. So, so the fact that you've identified that, that really means a lot to me. So thank you. And I'm glad That's that it touched true. you so personally.
1: Thanks.
2: <laughs> I remember John Williams talking about composing music. And uh, he said, you work at it, you work at it. And at the end, people listen to it and they think, well, it couldn't have been any other way, <laughs> but it's amazing right. how much right. work it actually yeah. takes right. to making it seem like that.
1: Practice to seem natural. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So- the, the,
0: the hardest that, Yeah. The hardest thing is writing simply. Like the main thing that I've learned over 15 years is to make it simpler and simpler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, uh, I did, I wanted to get into a little bit of just how your book is laid out. Um, I thought it was a really interesting, and, and the great thing about this, too, is that I didn't feel uh, condemned about, mm. you know, being a procrastinator, or, mm. <laughs> uh, or like, you know, well, you're just a lazy jerk, and just do it, you mm. jerk, you know, <laughs> so, Right, right. Uh, but the way uh, you laid it out was really nice, and, and, you know, realizing to kind of be compassionate to yourself first, mm. uh, so, Uh, In the book, you laid it out with uh, five heads of the dragon. I thought that was really great Mm. that procrastination really has like five heads and uh, they were all or nothing thinking, perfectionism, fatalism, seeing things as things to be done rather than to do and uh, not feeling like it. And uh, I've experienced probably all of those (laughs) within my life. Right. so, you know, everyone has like this sort of idea and I, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people that if you're a procrastinator, you're just lazy. And, and yeah. so can you speak to that a little?
0: Well, I mean, there's no real such thing as laziness. Cause you like when someone's passionately engaged in something, they do it. Like the thing is people are avoiding unpleasant emotions. So going back to the bench press, right? If you've not got big muscles, No one says you're lazy for not being able to pick up as much weight as someone who's clearly like a tank, right? But people are not um, cognizant of the fact that not everyone is as conscientious as you are or or some people are more conscientious than you and not everyone is facing the same psychological landscape. So for me... Flossing my teeth is harder than writing for 30 minutes. Why? Wow, it takes five <laughs> minutes. Do you know what I mean? You know, someone else mm-hmm. would go, I can never write, you know. Well, right. I, I used to feel like that. It took me years to get a writing practice to, to be able to write for half an hour a day. But once I did it, then it was easy to skip up to two, three hours while I was writing my book. So everyone has an inner landscape. And what looks like laziness to you can is really torture for someone mm-hmm. who might actually want to like might want to do these things but they don't have the muscles and again coming back to the book it helps you build the muscles gradually the same way that you would in the gym so i don't really believe in laziness (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i i mean uh, the, the book is as you say, it doesn't condemn you. It treats you as someone who's got a problem that they've not found the solution to yet. That's Mm. all. Right. Right.
1: Humans being and living. (laughs) Right. What you're saying, uh, I I remember when I was younger, uh, my sister and I had to take turns doing the dishes in the evening and my mom worked overnight. So um, I would do the dishes, but the silverware was like the one thing mm. I would always leave in the sink, and my mom would wake me up when she got home in the morning and yell at me because mm. I, I would leave. For me, it was so mm. difficult to do the silverware, and then mm. once I just because I kept getting in trouble, mm. um, I would I, I started doing it. And it became a habit, and now I think, gosh, why was this ever a problem? <laughs> like, mm. you know, right, you can see it right. so differently when you when you actually just made it a habit and yeah it, it's not a, yeah. a problem anymore
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you're lucky because it could have gone the other way you could have had the association of being uh, anxious surrounding the silverware because you were scolded <laughs> and lots of people have little triggers like that they don't understand why but they avoid certain things because like for me for example when i was a kid if i started to vacuum like my mum would come and say, don't do it that way, do it this way. Whatever I tried to do, she'd always correct me. So I had a bunch of bad associations Mm -hmm. with doing chores because I associated with them with being ticked off, even though from her perspective, she wasn't ticking me off. She was trying to teach me how to do it better than I was, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a pleasant feeling. And for me, like, I talk about this in the book, like I get really personal with this, Like I didn't do exercise for most of my life, I wasn't comfortable using my body, so I would look uh, lazy, so to speak, trying to uh, do the minimum amount of work, say we had to load up a truck or something like that, I'd kind of do the minimum because I wasn't comfortable using my body. But there was no one there to explain, oh, look. Yeah, you're not comfortable using your body, but that can improve. You should really do something about that. It wasn't until in my 20s I went to a chiropractor and then I took up yoga. I found out that I had muscles that were too short and muscles that were too tight. And I'm still working through that stuff now, but I, I know that I've got a problem uh that I need to, that I'm improving upon. Like now I, I can go to the gym and enjoy a class, which is something that I couldn't do two years ago because I've loosened off some of these problems and I, I'm continuing to fix that through yoga. So, you know, you do, you, these are visible things and even those visible things, no one was able to identify for me as a kid and say, oh, you, you're, you've you're got really tight hamstrings. We, you, we should get you stretching them out every day or something like that, you know. Mm. So these things... The challenges are psychological. And I would just say that my book is a series of ramps, you know, to get you from where you are to where you want to be and a a gradual, a gentle um, slope.
2: Right. Uh, I'm looking through my highlights here, and you have this uh, note about Nietzsche who said that Uh, the mark of a good life is a life that you would want to live again Hmm. and then after that you said can you even stand the idea (laughs) and I have to I I laughed out loud when I read that That right so funny
0: yeah because you think
2: thank you yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
0: you guys are you guys are bringing out quotes uh, that no one else has asked me to remark (laughs) on in an interview so that's cool yeah that's interesting that I put that in there because I was just thinking like a lot of the time I think there, I love my life, but the reason why I love my life is because I went through all this and I learned things. And because I've, cause I've learned those things, life is now tolerable. Life is now good. So the idea of having to go back to the beginning and like forget all that stuff that I've learned is quite horrific. But you tell me what you were thinking.
2: Oh, no, I was just... Would
1: you live your life again?
2: I, I probably would. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I, li- I like the yep. idea. I mean, the comedy of your question is, you know, I mean, it, it's funny because it really is kind of a, a
1: deep question. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very it.
2: stark, hard challenge, Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's something great to strive towards. Yeah. Uh, a couple of pages later, actually, there's an, another thing you said here that uh, you often procrastinate over relatively easy things as well as the hard ones. And uh, when I was going through that section, I, I found that it really insightful and that maybe you could uh, say a little bit about that.
0: Oh, thank you. You're giving me lots of gifts here. Um, yeah, I said, well, basically, oh, you can get into a mindset where you, there's things that are relatively simple to do, but you go, oh, I've got way more important stuff to do than that. I can't waste my time on that thing. And then you don't do the more important things either. You know, you end up doing of less value. So these are traps that we can set for ourselves. You don't realize that by doing that little easy thing, there's a pretty good chance that you get a boost of energy from it. And like one thing that I advise right now for your listeners is like if you can think of things like that, write a list of all those little things, right? Little things that you don't think that are that important, not important enough to do, but you kind of procrastinate over. And here's a great thing you do. Every day, set your alarm for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, that's your permission to do those things that aren't that important but are important enough to annoy you. You know, mm. that's your little – that's a practice. You know, after you've been doing that for two weeks, it becomes much easier than it was at the beginning of two weeks. And by a, uh, if you do it for a whole month, that will then be a practice.
1: Yeah, I, I love the idea of a practice. And it brings to mind mm. my um, – Dear friend and uh hula hoop and yoga teacher charity and and she's always telling she speaks in those terms of you know it's a practice and her yoga practice every day, and that it's not that there's a destination that we have to get to it's mm. that every day just yeah uh, I think in the in the book you yeah. said always be practicing getting started rather than yes. thinking about finishing yeah, things and I, and I think that's um don't don't focus on the end point to the exclusion of the work itself I, I think that's such a powerful statement it, it it's almost easy to just read past it and not really think about it but um that that idea of I'm getting started doing things instead of mm. I need to sit and finish or I need to have this end result this destination sort of like uh you you kind of defeat yourself before you begin because you may not be able to get to that point ever yeah <laughs> on, on, depending on what yeah. it is
2: yeah yeah and on that
0: same yeah and I really
2: really really oh no go ahead go ahead Anthony
0: I was just saying I really appreciate you pointing that out because if you're focused on getting finished you're turning the task into a means to an end and a means to an end is a chore and what do we do with chores we avoid them so you need to reprogram and think this is something that I do this Mm -hmm. is like for me writing used to be a big thing i needed to psych myself up and be in the right mood now writing is something that i do like i spend some time doing it mm-hmm. every day if i'm really busy i miss a day but that's no problem for me because i get back to it the next day It's you know it's not a problem to me it used to be a problem to me to get back to it so i've got evidence that I can change. Whereas before Mm. I didn't, there's still a bunch of things that I find difficult, but I'm working on them too. The fact that I've got a daily writing practice is evidence that I can change. So that gives me more confidence that I'll improve in those areas. So yeah, yeah, definitely don't turn things into chores. They're hard enough already. Sorry, Michael, I didn't know I was going to (laughs) go on for so long, but... No, that's okay. Um, you you had something to add.
2: Yeah, uh, I remember. I can't find it right now, but there's one place where you said that if you have the option of doing something for say three hours today or right. twenty minutes every day for the next two weeks, it's better to do just a little bit every day so that you can develop that habit. I thought that was a, a really great insight.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yes, that and that's def- that's definitely true because doing it in stints, which is what I used to do with my writing, it's like you crash but creating a practice is making things easier for yourself and you can't change everything at once that's why I develop a method in the book which is very piecemeal so you can grab one thing at a time and and make it part of your life and as it gets easier to do that one thing that used to be difficult you know then you can add another one and you you can you can change. You can change over a period of time. And I liked what you said, Sherry, about like just being kind to yourself because the whole book is a lot of it is coaching you mm-hmm. to take a more positive attitude towards yourself. Which I think is one of the reasons why it might be worthwhile to keep reading the book, you know, a little bit here and there while you've still got the problem. Because keep reading the book will keep you positive.
1: Sure. I I found that there was sort of this idea of studying yourself in this book, sort mm. of just kind of taking a more objective look at yourself, uh, not in a mm. harsh or critical way, but yeah. stepping back a little and, and saying, okay, honestly, where are, where am I failing to, um, you know, meet my own desires and how can I, uh, better do it really it's as simple as that. So, I really, really enjoyed that sort of perspective.
2: And it's also nice to see, uh, you know, the, you have a line here that the discipline is there to help you and not to serve as a straitjacket. Yeah. And it's ideas like that, that, uh, you know, it's definitely valuable to combat that because I know when I hear the word discipline, I kind of shrink
0: down a little bit, but for sure, but you're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. um, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Just please.
1: I I remember that with uh scheduling once a long time ago, and, uh, I was trying to stay on schedule, right? I was like, had these little squares blocked off for every, you know, task I had to do. And I only had so long to do it. And my friend said to me, you know, your schedule is supposed to help you mm-hmm. not, it'd be a tool for you, not you, be a slave mm-hmm. to your schedule. It's supposed to help you, so you can move things around if you need to, or if something takes a little longer. It doesn't have to be so rigid. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we tend to think of discipline as rigidness, when really it's like you said before, more of a practice. And I think mm-hmm. that for me, when I think of finishing something, you know, I'm like, uh, if I put uh, you know five hours into uh, giving a talk or something, I'm writing my my notes to to give this speech. Um, if I finish that strength, l- length of time that I've set aside for it, then I sort of let it go. I'm just like, oh, I'm done. And then it's so much mm. harder for me to get back to than if I'm saying, mm. you know, I'm, it's a practice I'm going to work towards, mm. you know, that every day or however often that I've allocated for it.
0: Another good. Yes, uh, you've got.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I was just going to say it sounds like you have good, good first-hand experience of, of seeing the, this in your life. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot.
2: I like how you systematically kind of break down the myths of what we think about perfectionism. Yeah. And uh, under that the, the heading perfectionism, you have a line here that says that the cure to perfection, or <laughs> you start it by saying, no one else will tell you this, but the cure to perfectionism yeah. is... Uh, well not lowering your standards um yeah uh yeah go ahead
0: yeah because everyone says oh go easy on yourself oh don't don't push like but the truth is right see if you want to create something whether it's art or music or i don't know a theater whatever you're into you want to make a table right chances are it's because you've got good taste you see things and you're like i like that I want to do something like that. But the thing is, when you get started, you suck. Because <laughs> whatever, whatever you're consuming, that person has done a lot more practice than you have. And what you find is your conception of the kind of work you would like to create, you're not capable of producing that yet. Right? And you won't be c- capable of producing it until you get enough practice. So... The, the whole reason why you're producing it is because you've got good taste. So there's no point lowering, lowering your standards. What you're going to do is give yourself the opportunity to practice and find ways to get experience until you can meet your standards. Like my book uh, meets my standards in terms of the kind of tone that I would like to write a self-help book in. But as I said, it took me 15 years to to be able to do that. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy everything else that I wrote. Well, to be honest, sometimes it was quite tricky. Mm-hmm. This this is to help you get the muscles to persevere through the tricky parts. You know, you need to be compelled by a vision of being able to meet your own standards so that when it's tough, you know, you either stick with it until your timer goes off or you say, right, okay, I need to stand up, take a break, shake my legs off, have a glass of water, then sit down to it again because I'm too close to it to to see it or i'm going to move on to a different section i'll flag that one up and i'll go back to that section tomorrow when a fresh head because i'm you know you work with yourself like you said self-study learn so yeah everyone goes um oh you know tells you uh, not to be so perfectionist, but I don't, I, I'm not even sure if it's possible. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ease off the gas and, and f- if you can, relax and make it fun and make it easy and go, right, I'm just practicing just now. It doesn't have to be perfect first time. I'm just going to write it out first and I'll go back and edit it. Uh, sure, use all these terms, ease off the gas, but don't lo- lose sight of the fact that you want to do things well. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that.
1: Yeah. I- I know. For me, that's the same. I was just telling Mike the other day that, I you know, I, I'm at a point in my life where I don't just want to work. I want to produce good work. Like mm. I want it to be work that's valuable to people, not just something to fill my time or to earn an income, but to really produce things that are going mm. to be valuable to people. Mm. Um, and uh, on another note, I um I really appreciated the sort of holistic approach you had. In the book, that it's it's not just about doing something towards your goals every day, uh, Mm. that you had sort of this um, inner domain versus the outer domain and uh, Mm. healthy body and mind, Um, you know, Mm. several things like that. Like uh, one of the things you said is, "What is the quality of our day-to-day experience?" And I thought that was really great. And that that's really what we should be striving for is quality every day in our experience. I guess there's not a question there <laughs> I had to elaborate. To but but no, no, no.
0: I, I I've, go on. Yeah,
1: what are or I guess what are some of the things that you uh, recommend or that you do to uh, do that, like be proactive instead of reactive to everything that happens?
0: Uh, well, number one, hands down, is journaling three pages a day. Um, I write three pages. This was some, again, something that used to be very hard for me, but I. And now it's locked in. It's one of my easiest habits. So I write three pages about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and that helps me know myself better. It helps me get rid of repetitious thoughts. I keep on thinking that same thing over and over again. Yeah. Okay, well I write it down. And if if it doesn't if writing it down once doesn't fix it, if it's still going on two days later, then I write it down again and that will fix it. So that's one thing I recommend. Um if you can find some sort of practice for about 20 minutes, meditation, uh, a lot of people just really struggle with. If you can do it, then great. If not, try chanting a mantra or Find out about pranayama. Try some breathing exercises. Um, a very simple one is you you can look up as alternative nostril breathing or anulom mm-hmm. vilom. It's meant to ba- balance you out. Or yoga. Like some people, like I st- really struggle with silent meditation, but I like chanting and I like doing breathing exercises. So. Uh, they, they, they are still somewhat challenging for me, but they're less challenging because it gives me something to cling on to. I hope, you know, another year or two of yoga and practicing these things, that like silent meditation and um, focusing on my breath. I do that sometimes before I go to sleep or um, on the sensations in my body. That's a good, that's a good one. I, I can do that while I'm walking, but some people sit down and do it for 20 minutes. If you can find something like that, the reason why I give those alternative options is when I was 20 or whatever, I'd read about meditation and I couldn't do it, but I gave up. But no one said, hey, look, if meditation's too hard for you, why don't you try doing something easier for a couple of years? And mm-hmm. then then when you're ready, you'll be able to meditate. Stuff like that is all mm-hmm. good. Um, think before you speak, you know, you're, you're saying, that that's a so simple practice. Um, <laughs> when someone says something... Always, you know, you can take a moment and then respond. These are just little things you said, uh, how to how to be proactive instead of reactive. Oh, yeah. And just if you notice yourself not wanting to think about something because the you don't really know what the implications are and you, you kind of like don't want to go there. If there's something you don't have clarity on, you don't have to go into it right now, but like put a note in your phone or write it down and have a list of things that you're not ready to get clarity on and see if sometime, like you can set some time aside to bring them up, maybe even before you journal so you can write them down. Be you know, because that is like a little tab up on your desk, you know, when you open your browser and you've got too many tabs, like every little thing that you've not got clarity on is um as a tab that's open on your co- on on your computer, and if you can get some time to do a little bit of cleaning, um, I, like get some clarity that will help you make different decisions, like mm-hmm. better decisions.
2: Sure. Uh, you said at one point that uh, you have a lot of experience of when you get up in the morning, you need to do these things or you, mm-hmm. you want to do these things, but you're not in the mood. But mm. and you use the this expression. You negotiate with yourself to yeah. just sit down and do it, and uh, mm. I love this idea of negotiating with yourself and thinking about mm. yourself as a different person, which is something that a, mm. it's kind of a new idea that I that I heard about recently. But that mm. you, you shouldn't you you can't be your own master, and you mm. can't be your own slave, but mm. you can negotiate with your yourself, your future, your, your future self, <laughs> uh, mm. to do things. And I I find mm. that a really helpful way to think.
1: Yeah. And so, what are some of the things, um, I know you have some recommendations in your book that that I thought were very helpful that I'm going to have to um, mm. <laughs> put on. But one was uh, social media. And I think that that is a huge problem for so many of us is that we, we have this, um, we're available all the time. Mm. You know, every, mm. anyone can ta- contact you or whatever. So wh- what are your recommendations for kind of how to, Uh, tame social media so that you can focus
0: Delete all your accounts. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. I mean, I love social media. If it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't have the privilege of connecting with you guys. So, the tools are wonderful, but we've got a certain kind of brain that uh oh, shiny new thing, ding. And mm-hmm. like sometimes, not not you say we're available all the time. Some people like the problem is not that we're available all the time. It's like when someone going to next message me. I need that, certain, <laughs> you know. I need that best. So yeah, just. The best thing you can possibly do and i know this isn't for everyone is like have a certain time of day where you check all your messages and you can have two of them one in the morning and one in the evening and do do it do it then but if that's not for everyone the main thing is put your phone on airplane safe mode for a lot of the day especially when you're working if you're doing a strong determination like I'm going to practice guitar for 30 minutes or whatever it is, you know, have your laptop closed down, like have zones, media, social media free zones. Like you don't want to hmm. be checking all the different forms of message, messenger, like Twitter, LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, Facebook, um, whatever. If you're on a dating site, you check to see if anyone replied to your message, check your messages on everything except for the essential, you know, all once a day, and that will that will keep it tidy. And mm-hmm. um, broader than that, it's there, there's a bit more advice in the book on how to manage it. Um, mm. I I just think you know I I sometimes find myself checking it in between tasks to punctuate tasks. And I'm still thinking that that's maybe something that I want to reduce. Another thing is to have something else to do instead. You know, mm-hmm. if you like to punctuate your tasks, like with something, like, um, it could be going out for a cigarette. Like you punctuate, like the same way as social media is. You you might not go out for a cigarette, but you punctuate social media. So so you can have something else. You can have a list of five-minute things that you can do. Oh, I need to do some squats. Oh, I need to do some pull-ups. Or, oh, I need to actually reply to an important email, but I've not done it yet. You know, I can use that to punctuate my task mm-hmm. before I go on to something new. Mm-hmm. So that that's something you can do. Just make use of your time Bring your awareness. When do you procrastinate? When do you overuse social media? Is it in the morning when you get up? Is it at night? Find something else to do. Put a book beside the bed. If you think it's a waste of time, choose something that isn't a waste of time and pre-plan, pre-commit to doing it in advance. Right. That's the that's the main thing. You never solve a problem when you have the problem. Right. <laughs> you, can, you can only solve it before or afterwards, and you guys know this because you've got kids, right? <laughs> when you have the argument, it's too late. You actually need to talk about uh, like afterwards and say, right, what went wrong there? Like, how can we avoid this next time when we're all calm? Or you need to preempt it and go, I noticed that we always have this argument around bedtime. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, I have. Well, do you have any suggestions for what we could do to do it differently? Now, here are my suggest. You know, you do think you you. You solve problems when you're not facing the problem, not yeah. like when mm-hmm. you are facing the problem. It's too late. <laughs>
1: right. You interrupt the program. Uh, well, we, yeah. we only have a few minutes left here. Um, I did I did want to mention one more thing before uh, we go, and that is, you know, as as voluntarists, um, and and you know, libertarians, individualists. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you, you point out at the end of your book, um, and, and maybe not in these words, but I, what I saw from it, uh, you said get help if you need it, celebrate mm. each win, and uh, belonging. Um, mm. For me, that's community. And I think right. it's, it's easy for us sometimes, um, people who are more of an individualist mindset, mm. to forget that there's more to life that we're going to need, we still need each other. We're mm. humans and we're meant to be in community together. And so um, that even when we're trying to change, uh, if we can reach out to our community and have them help us, those people that are For around sure. us. Uh, so I thought that was a really beautiful way to, Thank to you. end it because, um, you know, we, we all live within whatever community and, and we, we take and we give from that community. So we want to take the best and give the best as well. So uh, I I thought that was really great.
0: Yeah, thank you. And it's got some tips for making friends as adults, which is quite hard to do. And the other thing is I freely strongly recommend in the book that if you live in a city go on meetup.com or whatever there is and start a procrastination annihilation book Mm -hmm. teach the techniques that i teach in the book to people in your local area and support each other and you could have procrastinators cafe every tuesday night people you all meet up Mm -hmm. in a cafe together and do whatever stuff you've been avoiding you can you can do something do you know what I mean? Because yeah. community really, really helps. And when you're a leader, when you're a teacher, you then internalize the material much better because you know you're going to teach it. And uh, so you've got that responsibility. And it kind of circles back to what you said before like you can tell the difference between something that's written from first hand experience and something that is just philosophical. And you, there, there's something, that's it, uh, I just meant to pick up, I can't remember what I was going to say about it actually, <laughs> but like, you will get some first-hand experience of applying these techniques and see for yourself the difference, and then you know, it's no longer conceptual, it's part of who you are, you take it into your heart, it's part, uh, it's part of your being, and then you, you, you can share that with other people hopefully, and that's how we uplift the world, yeah. so... Yeah, I, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for having yeah. me on your show. I had so much fun. You. And <laughs> <Thank> you. you. <laughs> you're, the, and the quotes that you chose um, from the book, like, really thank you so much. It's so nice. It's like, for me, you know, you can imagine a rock band on their tour. Everyone wants to hear the greatest hits, but they may have favorite songs tucked away on their CDs that they never get, you know, no one ever comes up to you and says, oh, I really love that ballad track seven. And you guys have taken out, you guys have noticed very specific things. And it's really nice to have those acknowledged, like very, very deeply appreciative and good to know that different things uh, really do strike people and, and, and make an impact.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, we, we certainly appreciate having you on. I know we've uh, admired your work for uh, at least a year now. And uh, uh, so it's it's great to to get to speak with you and to bring that to, you know, East Tennessee uh, and uh, the States yeah. or our audience. Um, so before you go, can you tell us where people can find you?
0: Yeah, please. com forward slash do it. Download the book, it's free. All my other contact details and my projects are mentioned in the book. So the book will, as your portal, to uh, where you can find me, my podcasts, my email address, everything you might need to know about me is is in the book. So that, that's that's my my recommendation. Sure. Great.
1: Well thank you so much Anthony. We do appreciate Anthony, sorry, we do appreciate it. Uh, you being on with us and uh, we hope to speak yeah. with you again sometime.
0: Yeah take care. Uh, that would be my that would be my pleasure anytime. Any thank you. All right bye bye. If you would like some more help on your journey to recovering from procrastination, drop me a little email, anthony at beyourselfandloveit.com. Until next week, be yourself. Well, don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.